mama, I got bad news, bad news. I've been rolling with some bad dudes, bad dudes. I've been trying to get a bag. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Ashes to Awesome podcast, Rising and Recovery. Our podcast provides light, hope, and understanding about addictions and mental health to people living within that life and the people who love them. Today's episode is brought to you by Doctor Treatment Centers in Phuket, Thailand. They are a clinic run by clinicians, not a business run by businessmen. And they know that where addiction is the smoke, trauma is the fire. Learn more at yatracenters.com. That's Y-A-T-R-A-C-E-N-T-R-E.com. Hello, listeners, supporters, watchers, whatever we're calling you these days. Welcome to another edition of the Kaleidoscope Wednesday on the Ashes to Awesome podcast. I'm your host, Chuck LaFlange, and of course, in virtual studio is Ryan Bathgate. How are you doing today, Ryan? Uh, pretty good, Chuck. I mean, uh, yeah, I got some energy today. I'm feeling pretty good. Life's kind of like back, getting back to normal from the, you know, two weeks off and four weeks to get right, right again, you know? Still like, on your vacation hangover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I can it's appreciate tough that. getting my, my brain wrapped around real things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Myself, uh, she's been a bit of a heavy week this week, you know, with a couple more overdose deaths. And you know, yeah. as I was, I was uh, telling you earlier before we started recording, um, and that following the one from earlier, you know, on September 1st of this month as well. So just, uh, it's a lot all at once this, this time. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to today's episode to finish off the uh, the three-part series on the emotional, le- emotional lexicon, because I think some of this stuff is going to apply. So that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and so like you know, I kind of had an idea, maybe try try something out. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I don't know if it will take the first time because this uh, this practice is something that needs to be practiced over and over to really master um, the sequence of really uh, learning about how to match your emotions with words by uh, using your somatic or body physical experience. Okay, and this um, is the locating. You've referred to this in a few episodes in the past, right? So Yeah, right? and so like when I say locating, you know, that's kind of a phenomenological term itself, but um, it helps, I guess it helps me understand where, when I locate where the motion is in my body, it gives me a sense of um, what kind of emotion it is based on where it is. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And I know just, yep. just for example, like, you know, when I have uh, a, I don't know, a, dr- a feeling of dread, I experience it very low and heavy in my stomach. When I have an experience of connection, I experience it more uh, up in my chest and heart. Yeah. And so, and in between there, there's like variations of anxiety and things like that. I feel anxiety almost in like my solar plexus. And so, and ironically, you know, this is how um, I kind of stumbled across the idea that shame is not a human emotion, but a social emotion, because I couldn't locate it in my body. When I tried to apply shame and feel it in my body, it was no guilt. I could feel right around my stomach area, which told me that that is part of the experience. But okay. shame not is, and, and, and you know, like I said, this is, it's my opinion, um, but uh, the way that I see shame working, it is to me, it's much more of a social emotion than it is an actual human emotion. Yeah. All right. So, well, why don't we get into that? I do want to look at the uh, feeling wheel today. We've been talking about it for some time now, but we haven't really taken a good hard look at it. So, um, okay. w- once we've uh, once we've gotten through this exercise, um, we can dive into that, and then of course we'll. Um, I've got some great questions in the uh, hopper from the mailbag too. So some great questions actually today that uh, I, I think you're going to enjoy. So, yeah. All right. So why don't I just get into this here? Um, okay. So uh, the this practice is developed by a gentleman by the name of Eugene Gendlin, who uh, in I'm going to say uh, in the in the 80s uh, kind of came up with this idea that um, we can learn a lot from our body's wisdom and our our you know, the emotional state of ourselves cannot be contrived by the cognitive mind and it has to be experienced as a felt sense or uh, a feeling within our body. Okay. Uh, and, and, and this is why, like, you know, when I ask how someone's feeling, I don't want them to tell me what they think they're feeling. I want them to tell, to tell, tell them what they, they're, they're actually feeling. And okay. so 
because uh, there's just like when we add cognition we add thought it becomes almost muddled like it's it's not a very it's, it's more of an ambiguous process and we i think we end up guessing what we're feeling uh yep. without actually really knowing yeah and yep. uh that it, and it just becomes a disservice because if we don't have an expansive emotional lexicon then we're never really going to hit the mark uh we're gonna it's gonna be well i'm not feeling good and i'm not feeling bad and i'm not feeling sad and i'm not feeling angry and those are the only four words i know so uh you know i don't know how i feel yeah, you know yeah, yeah. um when and then we're gonna you know as we apply the feeling wheel, we can see that there's an abundance of different emotions that we can apply to our lexicon and expand it now lexicon just for those who, who are uh, catching up is just really a fancy word for a vocabulary yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So, if you want to sound smart, you can just say, uh, "I have a, I have an expansive emotional lexicon." Like, yeah. Wow. Meaning, meaning, I know how to talk about my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I know how to put words, feeling words, to feelings that I'm experiencing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, like, so what focusing is? Uh, it's an inward bodily listening, and it, 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 what it does is it, it when we listen to our intrinsic self or 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 the somatic experience um it it gives us access to really a different sense of a healing process and can really give us an idea of what is the anatomy of our painful wounds if that makes yeah. any sense yeah so um you know it's it's a it's a it's a body centered intrinsic relationship building process okay. okay okay so like it's really about like the inside out whereas you know most of our society we're trained to be outside in that's how we have materialism and we have all these false senses of power or greed or things like that they all they all they're all dependent on the extrinsic world and when we're dependent on the extrinsic world for any identity or meaning then we're we're stepping into a trap really and the ultimate I mean, what, what, what happens is we end up feeling empty because it's by design to be fulfilled is to be connected. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in order to do this, what we're trying to discover is something called the felt sense and what the felt sense is. It's, it's, it's how the body holds information based on, uh, any given situation or experience. And so the body has a lot to say, but we don't ever listen because we're not connected psychosomatically. Okay. So there's six, six steps with this thing. Um, and it's evolved over time. I mean, um, there's another uh, offshoot of this called um, interrelationship focusing, which is just the focusing, but it's more focused on, I mean, it's basically the same thing. It's just rebranded by a different therapist that, wrote a book on it. So I, you know, I, I don't know that it's much different, but, um, it, 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 it could be considered an inner relationship focus, uh, and, you know, connecting the dots within ourselves. Okay. Um, so focusing does is it brings attention to the, to our direct embodied experience. Uh, and, and really like what I'm going to talk about is six steps that are instructions, but there aren't any instructions really. Like it's kind of a guideline about how to get there. And like, okay. personally, I've done this in many ways. And when I, well, I'll just give you an example. When I first started practicing this, I always went to this, I ended up in this place when I close my eyes and I start my breathing exercises and I try to clear the space. I end up standing in like a double car garage with a, with a, you know, like a rubber painted gray floor and, and metal shelf racking on the side. Okay. 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 And then when then so then we look at what's on the floor. It's like a, it's just a mess of thought. Yeah. That's you know, and so when I start to organize the thoughts and put them in their bins and put them on the shelves, I, I'm left with this empty floor. And then what I what I imagine myself doing is uh the floor shifts and what I do is I apply color to it, usually based on the feeling wheel. That color is indicative of whatever emotion might be there. And I allow it to come to me. I don't I don't manufactured so okay. let's say it's green and i associate green with peace and uh tranquility and organics so then i yeah. go and i dive in and i go like a pool the floor yeah. becomes wa a water of green 
and I dive in and I go down and I end up in, you know, like a, a, a cave and I come up in that and I, I kind of see what's there and I try to feel the experience of whatever that cave is and then it might not be the right one. So I go back in and I go to another cave until, uh, until I can match. It's like, okay, there's sunlight in this one. Okay, so now this piece is offering me sunlight and, and I'm, now I'm experiencing peace and uh, hope, which is what I would associate to the sunlight. And, okay. and then my and, and if that, if I'm accurate, my body will shift and it'll it'll just be a click. There we go. Okay, so now you're experiencing peace and contentment. Okay, well, where's that on the wheel? Okay, look in the wheel. It matches, and now I know how I'm feeling in my and I'm in a psychosomatic connection. Okay, okay. So that's just like, a, you know, like um, I, I I like the big visuals, so um, that's kind of what I what I uh, how I operate with developing my emotional intelligence because you know. Like, like everyone, I started at a massive deficit, and so it yep. was more helpful for me to use shapes and colors in the beginning before I yep. had an expansive emotional lexicon. Okay. Um, and so, like what what we learned from this is we learned how to how to bring awareness to the body, um, and especially like most of this happens in our our to torso area. Like I don't I don't experience anxiety in my elbow, you know. Like, no, right? Yeah, certainly not yeah, the crook yeah, of your yeah, knee, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, it'll help us, it'll help us describe or identify these, uh, whatever the, the symbolic nature of the inner experiences that start to come up. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I guess like it, it, it helps us to access a curiosity that's required in order to be explorative in our life, which means if I'm in curiosity, then I've shifted from left side to right side of the brain, which is exactly where I want to operate when I'm being in an explorative state. If I'm on the left side, I'm in a defensive state, which makes me unconnectable. When I'm in the right side, I'm, I become explorative, which makes me, it gives me access to vulnerability, which ultimately makes me connectable. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then, and this is something like, we're going to do this here, but this is something yeah. that anyone can do on their own, sitting at the end of their bed or whatever, right? Um, some of the skills that it involves are, uh, really learning how to, to listen, to, to be reflective, um, and to how to try on different words. So, but in order to try words on, you have to know what the different emotional words are within the lexicon and that's where the feeling wheel helps. So I would recommend like, if you're first time trying this, these steps out, I would bring a feeling wheel with you and that'll help to, to try some of those words on. Um, and it helps us sit still. It helps us ground. It helps us, um, you know, be present with our with ourselves as as the Earth spins around the sun. Um, so, presence through embodiment is kind of the ultimate goal here, as well as you know, making that psychosomatic connection. Yeah. And like I know, I noticed one thing I noticed a lot in my work is that a lot of people lack the idea of presence. They don't really even know what it is. Um, you know, like sitting, yeah, you're home with your kids, but you're on your phone playing poker. That's not presence, you know? Um, and then, and then, you know, one of the byproducts of this too is like you, you start to learn about our own identity, who we are in different situations. And like, especially when it comes to moments of tension, that's who, that's when we really find out who we are. Uh, you know, offshoots are defining, def expanding the emotional lexicon. Uh, using your own words and developing your own lexicon uh, that fits for you, and and uh, and then how to like respond to situations, creating space in order to respond instead of react, or be proactive instead of reactive, and understanding that difference. So, like when we learn as we go through, we learn about how to be objective with our with these emotions because you know once they embody us we become blind and that's the thing about emotions like this is where the logical mind is very powerful because it helps us to start to to see the whole picture when i'm engulfed and overwhelmed in emotion i'm i have blind spots everywhere yeah you know what i mean again monkeys right yeah 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 chimp um, yeah, yeah, chimp yeah. <laughs> um so i mean those are the kind of things that you can like um expect to learn about or develop as you practice this, this, these six steps. Okay. okay. Uh, and then, and ultimately like we want to understand what embodiment is and, um, embodiment can be defined as, uh, a direct, a direct experience of our present moment 
and an awareness that comes along with it. And ultimately, I guess embodiment is an admission that I am alive. I am on the earth when I embody life itself. It, okay. it, it includes presence. It includes um, psychosomatic connection. It, include, it includes a medium of connection with a vast amount of tentacles that we call an emotional lexicon. So when we think about an emotional lexicon, what we're thinking about is expanding our, our avenues of connection. The more words I know from an emotional standpoint, the, the easier it is for me to become connectable, which is in line with our design as human beings. Okay. okay. All right. Well, okay. why don't we get to it then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think to start, um, I'm just going to get you to close your eyes. Okay. okay we're going to just start a okay. rhythmic. Just going to uh, get the mic moved here one second. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So to begin, I just want you to close your eyes and, 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 and start to develop a diaphragmatic breath rhythm. And by diaphragmatic, I mean breathing from your belly and not from your chest. So, or we call them belly breaths. And so just start a rhythm of uh, slow and calm, deep and meaningful breath. Let your body relax. Let it, the muscles start to um, release tension as you breathe out. You're breathing in oxygen, you're breathing in life. You're exhaling tension and exhaling the, the, uh, um, the cluster of thought that often uh, creates a sense of anxiety or dissonance. Okay, so now, now that you're inside, just clear the space. So you're standing in uh, a cascade of white, much like the white door. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna take our cognitive thoughts and we're gonna allow them to exist within a ball. And that ball is something that you can hold. Um, and it's often, um, it's, it, it, it's often, uh, quite transparent, almost like the earth. It can be a bit cloudy. And we're just gonna put that ball down onto the white floor. Now that's where we're gonna leave our thoughts for now. As we continue with our slow diaphragmatic breath, at any given time, we can come back to our breath and refocus and reground. Now, with the other hand, we're gonna to start to develop uh, a shape and a color. So, Go in as you hold this ball into your into your torso and into your body. Now maybe your stomach or your chest, and see if there's any um, any any response when I ask this question: How is your life going? When I first started the show, we were audio only because of my broken smile. Due to an act of violence, I couldn't bear to see myself on camera or in a mirror. My self-esteem was shattered. It was painful to relive the violence whenever I saw my broken smile. Things had changed. The podcast was taking off. My friends and family had welcomed me back. I had my sobriety. My mental health should have been improving, but there were days when I couldn't face myself in the mirror or on camera. The pain was just overwhelming. Then I discovered DentKids.com, and in just three short weeks, my life transformed. They sent me the molds, I followed their instructions, I sent them back, what I received was a quality denture that fixed my smile, all at a fraction of the cost of traditional dentures. The most expensive product is just under $600 and the prices only go down from there. So if you have a loved one who is in recovery from addiction and needs your smile back, or if you need to fix your smile, I highly recommend checking out dentkits.com. I'm proud to be an ambassador for this product. Thanks for listening guys, now back to the show. Okay, now allow color or shape to start to form in that right hand as you answer your ask, ask those questions to yourself. What is the main thing for you in your life right now? 
Try and sense that with your body, not your mind. Remember, our thoughts are still in the ball over on the floor. Now, are you having any, any words or any feelings that come up when you ask yourself, what is the main thing in my life right now? Yeah. Um, to say it, but it's a, it's a sense of hopelessness. Okay, so so if we if we were to take that hopelessness, what color would that be? For some reason it's blue. Okay, so now I want I, I want to reinforce that we're not inside the feeling right now. The feeling is in our hand. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at it. We're not in it. It's, it's, it's a part of us, but it's developing in my hand right before my eyes. Now, you have a color of blue in your hand. Now, does it have shape? Yeah, it's, it's it's a ball, but I think that's because it's in my hand. I can... Is it perfectly round? It is, yeah. Okay, so it's blue and it's round, and you've associated hopelessness with it. Is that accurate? It's accurate. Okay. Now, we're again, we're not in it. We're looking at it. We're outside it. Okay, so recognizing that there's a space between who you are and this blue ball in your hand. Is there anything else with it? Is there anything else attached to it? And again, let's go back into, into, into the feeling, into our chest, as we let it develop through our arm and into that ball in our hand. Okay. Okay. So let's just we'll, we'll just we'll just go on. So that 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 step is called uh, clearing space. Now we're going to move into this to the next step, and that step is uh, it's called a felt sense. And so um, from 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 what we've come up with here, our blue ball in our hand, and we're, remember we're still not in it. Um, we're still standing back from it. Is there, if you look closer at it, is there parts to that? Is it, does it have an a, a, a anatomy? Is there different um, um, bondable elements to this ball of hopelessness? Hmm missing out of it you know you picked up mm -hmm. when you were a kid yeah and so that 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 means something where do the where do the where do the chunks go how did how did it how did it become um so imperfect good and that's fine and i think right now where we need to be is just having a sense of it in in it in all of its ambiguity um so but there's a, there's a definite feeling with it, right? And, and it's impactful. Okay, and so when it when you think about where that ball is in your hand, and it, you know, and it goes up your arm, where does it? Where does that feeling? Where's the root of it? Is it in your torso? Is it is it lower or is it higher in your chest or higher in your chest? So you associate a hopelessness with a uh, a chest area. And does, does that also have anxiety with it? Yeah, so, so it does have some components, doesn't it? Okay. So, oh, can you put a phrase to that? To, to name Just it? Maybe, maybe a word like... Uh, description word like scary or uh, heavy or you know like can you can heavy. you it's sure. it's heavy okay try some more um, 
Overwhelming. Overwhelming, okay. But as far as the description of the, the ball, it's heavy, it's rugged, it's imperfect. And, and and the way the way you're attaching to it is it's 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 too much. Is that correct? Okay, so can you say that back to me, those descriptor words? Paying attention to how your body's experiencing that? It's overwhelming. That's the word. So when I when you say that word, I feel a shift. Did you? Okay. So how has that? Does the ball change anymore? Does the word hopeless change? Is it that your body is experience is is feeling overwhelmed more than anything? So, in order to like concretize this this process, let's go back and forth between the words hopeless and overwhelmed. And I want you to say those to yourself, uh, one after the other, while maintaining the image and shape. Say them out loud. Give it space between. Allow it to resonate. Which one? Which one is overwhelmed? Is overwhelmed is the one, isn't it? Okay. So what is it about this feeling? That that really dr dr drives it to the top. What is it about this problem? What makes this problem so overwhelming? Helpless to do it. Helpless. So it wasn't hopeless. It was helpless. Hmm. Okay, let's t turn your focus back into the feeling. Now, while we're with this, and we, we've touched down on the word overwhelmed, is there, did you experience anything that might um, shift or give some form of release by identifying that? Mm -hmm. and, and even behind my eyes I, I don't want to say my brain but like behind my eyes yeah because your brain's not working here it's in the ball it makes sense so what's happened here is you've experienced a felt sense and it doesn't have to be clear but it's a holistic body bodily alignment and so um you know we we Looks like we got a little bit lucky by getting that experience. So I want you to just take a few deep breaths and then come back. Okay, how do you feel right now? Um, overwhelmed. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's like completely. Now, do you feel like you've expanded? Um, your horizon of understanding about the situation that you you focused on today, as to my feelings about it, yeah. Now, more importantly, do you feel a better connection through your whole being by having this dialogue? I'm not sure yet. I think there's some processing that needs to happen for this. Okay. So the background is that there's typically what, what, you know, like we talk about being heard, being seen, being loved and being lovable. And it's almost like we have this relationship intrinsically with our psychosomatic uh, being. 
And so we spend most of our lives not accessing uh, our body's wisdom and what it has to say. And so this might be for the first time in a long time or the first time in ever that you've actually listened to what your body has to say to you. You thought it was hopeless, but it ended up being overwhelmed, which means that there's a miscommunication happening within this, this one little issue that we, we focused on today. And how often do we go through life thinking we are feeling without actually accessing the field? So my expectation is that after this, and there's some resonating happening, um, that you're going to feel a bit lighter and more evolved because your body has been listened to. Just And it's no different than versions of ourselves where we experience trauma and we leave that kid behind and, we, and it's screaming and it turns into these maladaptive behaviors when really all it wants to do is say, like, I'm fucking here, I'm hurt, you left me. You know, and our body's no different. As we carry it around in this world, we don't access it to give us any of the wisdom that, that it holds, which is a ton. And, and, and often we put so much into that thought ball that it, it, we never pay attention to what's developing in our other hand. Does that make sense? Very much so. Yep. And, and so, like, really, ultimately, once this is practiced enough, you can, ex you can expect to um, uh, experience a feeling of, of freedom that you probably never don't even know existed because you're in true alignment a comprehensive alignment of all mind, body, and soul. That makes sense. So how that's, do you, your, um, you, you, your shift, you, you, your energy, everything's changed since going into that. Um, I'm just processing, right? It's a, that's a big thing that just happened there. Right. Um, mm. in, in a positive way, I think mm -hmm. I, it just, it's, uh, you know me I have a hard time paying attention and, and now I'm like in my mind I'm going you need to do this more and I'm thinking about the benefits and I'm thinking you know what I mean right so yeah, yeah. yeah right you know and to be honest with you it's an excellent practice for uh people who experience characteristics of ADHD because you're literally taking your thoughts and putting them aside and and and, and you know the, the problem with well one of the main uh, challenges with ADHD is that so many thoughts going on so many times that it's it, you're herding cats with your thoughts. True story. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're just going, okay, all, we're going to put all those cats in a ball and put mm -hmm. it over here for a minute and yeah. allow our body to, could, especially ADHD, you're, just, you're not accessing your somatic experience whatsoever. Hey guys, you know, I hate to interrupt, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't tell you to check out the swag shop on our website that's www.a2apodcast.com slash swag got all sorts of new hoodies t-shirts tank tops anything you can think of really and if we don't have what you're looking for just drop me a line customization is absolutely free and you can dm me on any of the social medias or email me at ashesfrostpodcast at gmail.com check it out we love to see people wearing our swag and it helps get the message out thanks guys now back to the show whatever it's just like this like hostage situation of of feral thought right. <laughs> well said yeah, yeah it is right. yeah you know. and so but we do have we have power right that yeah. we don't often exercise and this is a really good example of that so i i, I implore you to, to to practice this uh more often i used i i practiced this at uh you know before i went to bed every night for a few years i, I don't do it anymore but it developed so quickly with me like that I could I could be walking down the street and have a have a sensation with my in my body and automatically know what that is, where I can locate it, what what components are, and how to and ultimately, as long as I'm in co connection with my somatic experience, then I will always be in alignment. And once I'm in alignment, I'll be in rhythm. And when I'm in rhythm, I'm in the throes of life. It also means that I'm spending more time in the right side of my brain, being explorative and being um, being. Um, curious about existence instead of uh, fearful and defensive, which is my set point. Yeah. Yeah. And and all that happens, fear, like, all that happens the left side of the brain, it doesn't give me access to the somatic because that part of the defense mechanism is to be fight or flight. So I'm, I'm not paying attention to the body. The body's taking care of itself, either through perspiration, uh, elevated heartbeat, you know, things like that, that we would need to, to summon adrenaline or cortisol. Yeah. So... Yeah. There's this thing called the corpus callosum that is like a little elastic thing 
that's, that is connects our left side to right side of our brain. So this is what we're exercising in this. And the stronger that is, the more access we have, or more, the more perceived control we have to be able to oscillate between a left side and right side. Like, I need to figure out how long it's going to take me to drive somewhere. I'm going into left side. Um, you know, but if I'm like, well, like, you know, I got, I got all these like Facebook things. I clicked on an old building that I thought was cool, a castle or something. So now I get all these feeds and it's always like, Ooh, cool. So when I see one of those, I go flip right side of the brain. I'm like, man, that's cool. I found a pair of shoes from 5,000 years ago. You know, like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know why, but it, it works for me. So, yeah, I mean, um, so this is a practice you can, you can check out, uh, you know, there's, Really, just look up uh, the six steps uh, that are very simple. There's an entire yep. book to read if you're really into it. Um, yep. I've read it; it's great, uh, but it is very therapeutic and it's almost textbooky, which I kind of like those books. But um, yeah, so um, what and what this really does is it helps us. We we are forced to expand our emotional lexicon by looking at real life situations and applying uh, words to match what our body's experiencing. Yeah. So having said that, um, first of all, I think it's imperative to just do a little debrief of how you experience that and, and how you are in this moment. Um, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Of course, behind the curtain, um, today's the first day of um, medication for me too. Oh, yeah. So, so there's a lot happening in my brain right now that wasn't happening 24 hours ago or four hours ago, right? So yeah. this is a, I'm experiencing a lot of new right in the moment, right? Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm listening to you talk in a way that I haven't in all the time we've been working together, right? Um, not that I've always not paid attention, but that no, I'm no. like you know you have you have access to more attention. Yeah, right. So it's it's a very different feeling right now. Everything mm -hmm. is very different right now. So it's a hell of a time to do this. Um, <laughs> to but be a good well, time for it too, right? You know, because yeah, they... I I don't know that yesterday I could have really given this the space it needs, right? So, well, you know. um, yeah, you know, like, like I said, you know, it's not going to work every time, no, no, you know, um, because sometimes we're just too blocked out. We're too cognitive. We're not in a space to be able to ground properly. Um, and, and so we, we kind of got lucky here. I think, um, now, I felt... is that why, is that why you said you did it before bed because you're kind of relaxed and, yeah. and winding down and that yeah. that's the ideal time to do that then is for, for me. It, I don't know if it maybe it was a matter of convenience, like. I'm not a morning person, so like I'm like up in the shower, off to work. I don't yeah. do like coffee and read the news and that shit. I'm like get as much sleep as I can because I got a long <laughs> fucking day ahead of me, you know. So and that it could be that, but I mean, I know it's like I, I'm a I'm a I'm an overthinker, like, and so sleep has always can, been an can issue. Can you overthink something? Is that a thing? I don't think you can overthink anything. Right? I can. Well, I can. <laughs> I can have. I can have thought impede my ability to rest, which happens often. Yeah. No, I hear you there. So this helps. This. this yeah, so yes, yeah, it helps me yeah. ground before bed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, and we, and I think we we had a pretty pretty um, interesting discovery there that. Uh, hopelessness wasn't hopelessness. It was helplessness that was actually being overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. And so this is why we try things on and then let it evolve. So you yeah. tried something that came from your mind and your body spoke back to that and said, no, no, you're actually, first of all, overwhelmed, which says you're, you're putting a lot on your body right now. Um, and, and then helpless because you're trapped in that overwhelmness. It's a hostage situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so like that's pretty. That's a pretty powerful uh, finding that you would have just gone through every day and let it build up and build up without it, all of it happening outside of awareness. Everyday ordinary consciousness leaves out more than it takes in. So when we have all these things happening outside of awareness, it impacts us. Usually, manifests through maladapted behavior, whether that be you know sacrificing our values like honesty or integrity, or it be coping with things with substances, or it. Maybe I'm fucking moody, which is kind of my story. I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and so like, I just, I have to assume that there's so much happening outside of what I know exists that is influencing the way I am on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. And by having an acceptance of that, I hope that it alters my ability to be proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we're taking a look at the wheel here too. Uh, sure. You know. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, holy crap! It's already forty minutes in. Look at that. 
<laughs> I'm, uh, I'm okay with that though. So I'm going to pull that up on the old screen here. Bear with me while I do that. By the way, it's, it's flannel season out here. Yeah, I'm seeing that. It's getting cold, are you? Right? Yeah. That's still 18 degrees, but it's cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ready. You know, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm just this morning. I was like, yeah, it's time to rearrange my closet. Summer stuff in the oh, back, winter go. stuff in the in the front. So I, uh, it's eight degrees here today, right? But last night, last night, I think it got up to 22 or something like that. Chinook? Uh, no, it was just like in the middle of the night. Got huh? like. Yeah, what got really warm and then cooled back off again. So, anyway, okay. Here we are at the feeling wheel. So, for somebody that's never seen this before, of course, I have. Um, I've never used this particular one, but um, Ryan is a feeling wheel snob, as it turns out. And he wanted to have all the colors. So, I'm also a pen snob. Um, point seven. Are you? Are you really? Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. point point seven. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, explain the feeling wheel from a, just at a surface. We're not going to go into all of these sure. emotions, obviously, right? Very, but, very, very simply, it is a tool to yeah. be used to develop the expansion of your emotional lexicon or your emotional vocabulary, which ultimately gives us access to different mediums of connection that are both authentic and meaningful. Okay. We connect through emotion. We don't connect through thought. All right. All right. Okay. So, if we connect through emotion... And I don't know what my emotions are. Chances are I'm not actually having connections. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. I, just by yeah. by uh, process of elimination. So yep. um, I like I like this wheel a because it's colored. I think colors are very important, uh, especially in the beginning of developing your emotional intelligence. Uh, it's a lot easier to navigate a color and then expand on that. And you know, and I like to use shapes when we're in a you know a. a I guess a metaphysical mindset. Um, so um, the wheel starts with, so each, the way that this one's set up is that uh, it has, in the center, we have our uh, six base emotions and they offset one another. So sad and joyful are, are the opposite, scared and peaceful are the opposite, powerful and mad are the opposite. Okay, and so by this one, they've, they've used the colors to, to, so there's really a deficit and an asset side of each color, okay. which, yeah. which, and we talk about that all the time with curiosity and uh, fear. We talk about that with anxiety and excitement. They are yeah. the same, but on the different sides of that joy line. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, so what I think, so when we look at, I think it's easy to go, uh, if I look at the middle six and I can yeah. start start to identify, so I start to look at like you know, okay, so today um, I'm actually I think it's a yellow, so I'm gonna look at what yellow's mad. No, not mad. Um, and so the other one is powerful. Okay, now I think I'm on to something with powerful. So I'm gonna look here. Um, faithful. Well, that's not really my jam. Uh, not particularly. <laughs> A man of faith, we'd say. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, um, hello, Marina, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. So when I look at these other ones, um, I look at, okay, yeah, wow, okay. So here, I, right away, it just hit for me. I saw the word appreciated and then valuable, and it was that was a felt sense. That's exact, okay. exactly yeah. where I'm at today, um, yeah. and mostly because... Uh, of the last couple of days I've had, I've been working really hard and I've been very, it's been very vocal from my uh, number one fan, Marina, about her uh, appreciation of, of how much I do for our family. And we had a conversation about that. So this is kind of lingering, I think, from that. Uh, and it's coming into today now. So that's how I use that. And then what I want to do with that is I want to start to take this feeling I'm having today. And I'm going to use these words in my in my day to day practice. So I'm going to try to use the word powerful, appreciated, and valuable. And then what I want okay. to do is, and I'm going to flip over now to the other side of that. And the other side is mad, which is selfish and jealous. Well, boy, oh boy, do I know those so well. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yeah. like, I'm not particularly the most jealous guy around, but um, I can certainly be selfish. And so, like, I just, I just, like, I, I do that so I can see what the opposite is, 
and mm-hmm. know that I can probably slip into that just as easy uh, as powerful, appreciate, valuable. Okay. 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 So why don't yeah. you pick one? Let's try that out. Um, so start in the middle. I'm going to go sad. Okay. Yeah. Um, just, you know, with everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks, I think it fits right now. So, okay. Um, hold, on, no. sad... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Did that speak to you or did you, did you manufacture that? How do you mean? When you looked at the I mean, wheel, did it jump out at you, or did you think that you Oh, yeah, it did. Of course, it, no, okay. sad. Of course, it did. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm asking you that as a point of process. Okay. Um, so what we want to do here is we want to make sure that we're not we're not preempting or putting our feeling agenda onto it. We okay. let the wheel speak to us. So I want to clear gotcha. my mind, much like yeah. the focusing. And when, you want when to I stop look, hitting your microphone there? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, I'm very handsy. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Now, for a quick public service announcement. One of the best ways to reduce stigma is with education. If you still have questions that we haven't answered on today's show, you can learn more about Together We Can's education group at twcrecoverylife.org. Hi, everybody. This is Carl with today's public service announcement about naloxone, or, as it's more commonly known, Narcan, a medication that can help save the life of somebody experiencing an opioid overdose. Did you know that in 2021, opioids were responsible for over 7,000 deaths in Canada and 106,000 deaths in the United States? These numbers are staggering, but there is hope. Narcan is a medication that can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose and help save a life. Narcan is available for free at participating pharmacies and harm reduction centers across Canada and is also available without a prescription at most pharmacies in the United States. Now, I know most of you won't be around people using opioids, but you never know when it will be around you, and you could save the life of someone who is loved and who loves. Awesome. Okay. Um, okay. So I want to I clear my mind and then look at the wheel and let it speak to me. Gotcha, gotcha. You know gotcha. what I mean? Because if, mm-hmm. if I think a feeling, it's probably not accurate. I yep. need to feel the feeling, and I want my body to be the thing that talks to me. So it processes the word sad, and it's like, bam, that's it. Okay, so carry on. Yeah. What are the, yeah. what's, the, what's the sub-feeling? Um, depressed, I guess, would be the one. I I don't. That's that's not it. But oops, I only say depressed by elimination. Okay. Right? Okay. We'll go to the outside wheel then. Is it inferiority? No, it's not. Um, Remorseful. It's none of these things. <laughs> so maybe. Um, Maybe it's maybe it's an inaccurate feeling. Is it scared? Yeah, probably is. <laughs> All right. Scared, anxious, overwhelmed. Look at that. <laughs> so right. helpless, insignificant. I could go either way on this one, right? So, yeah. 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 So so it's not sad. No, it's scared. Right. Yeah. And so it's so like way to be way to be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. because you're right. Once we hit that second tier, it wasn't accurate. Not at all. No. But as soon as we went over to scared, it was like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. See right. how that spoke to you? Absolutely. And so you know, I would t- and then so let's look at the opposite of that, which is uh, peaceful, content, and relaxed. So, if you're in a deficit emotion, you can go across the wheel and start to focus on a state that you want to be. Yeah. Right. And then, so it's like, how far away from scared, anxious, and overwhelmed are you to peaceful, content, and relaxed? What is, what do you need to make that shift? No, that that's that's a that's a big conversation. <laughs> it is, and it, and I think it's you know, one yeah. that you you take with you for the day. And allow it to emerge instead of trying to contrive a shift. Yeah. And maybe yeah. today, scared and anxious and overwhelmed is where you're going to be. But you know that if you're if you're feeling scared, anxious, and overwhelmed based on the tenets of the wheel, you know that you 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 have access to peaceful, content, and relaxed. It's possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so that's kind of how and that's you know where the work is, I guess. Right. A person has to decide to put that work in and, and get and you know. And it's move yeah. over to that side of the wheel. 
and it's all about these the practices of 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 presence and about embodiment and like the things that we talked about earlier like this is this is what we want to we want to embody peaceful content and relaxed and i'm at this place of scared anxious and overwhelmed and so uh i what i want to do is like i I call it putting it in the space so i just kind of like this is where i want to go and i'm going to let the universe take that and i'm not going to be in it i'm going to let it happen and then through the day it'll be like Oh well, you know, I guess I guess today I was supposed to be scared or anxious and overwhelmed because I'm going to bed that way. Or hey, what do you know? Fuck, the day turned. I'm I'm peaceful. Weird, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, to the listeners, I'm going to put a copy of the Feeling Wheel up on uh, Facebook, so it's easy for you to uh, to grab. Uh, of course, you can Google Feeling Wheel, and there's a ton that'll come up. But if you want to use the one that we were using, I'll have this picture up on Facebook uh, by the time you're listening to the episode. So, yeah, and personally, I like I like it. this because it has colors and it has the uh, really the the opposite or the contradicting yeah, no, emotion. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. when I look at and, one, it automatically makes me look at the other one, which means that I'm I'm taking in and learning uh, six new words in my emotional lexicon in that in yeah. that one instance. Right, and, yeah. and that's a big deal. And that you know, I had, I do have to speak to that, Ryan. Um, you know, recovery is our base. And when I was shown this feeling wheel in uh, in the Moostraw detox, when, when I was in detox, and I've said this before in, as part of the series, but I'm going to say it now. This is the one I was shown, shown a very different one, and I made one that I thought was really great until Brian saw it and shit on my party <laughs> and told me how bad it was. But in any event, Snob. of all of the things that I've learned, and I have learned a lot, this is one of those things that I can really say... I wish I understood the true importance of it when I learned about it, right? And of course, it's it's with well, it's by doing this this particular show with you um, over these last months that I, I really understand how important that is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I learned about it, I learned about it. I thought it was cool. Okay, definitely something I'll keep in mind. I had no idea how important this was, right? right. And and how it would have changed the timeline in, in not just my recovery, but in my enjoying my life, my, you know what I mean? Like, or, under, or understanding my life, or I, I'm not even sure how to say that right. But well, um, can I, can I, can I pick up there? Yeah, you can. What, what this does is it, 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 it expands the potential of and depth of our relationships to an unknown factor. Right. Like right. the, the, the meaningful connections we can create by understanding how important emotions are and how to communicate them. It, it, that's what's kept us here. Like that, that's an evolutionary piece. And so right. when by think about, think about if I would have known this in my twenties, how if you would have been taught this in school, right? Like this, this is what social studies should be. Not, and, not the history of Russia. Yeah, no, I right? agree. And this, like, this is what social studies should be. And like, right, I, right think here. about the yeah. think about how many relationships I've burned and ruined oh. because because I don't know how to express <laughs> myself. Right. Right. Because I don't know what I'm feeling at any given time. So I project my mm-hmm. shit onto someone else, I am essentially pushing them away, and then yeah. creating my own sense of isolation and loneliness. Think about how important this is. When You know, this is a recovery network podcast that you do. Mm-hmm. Think about how important the role of emotional intelligence is in mitigating the need to cope from an overwhelmed state of mind. Right. So, if, so like, oh, I, I can't even begin to express the significance of that statement, right? Or, or how many times yeah. I wouldn't have used if I knew how I was feeling and could talk right. to somebody about it. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Without so, a doubt. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, why don't we jump in a mailbag? Uh, we've got a few a few minutes. Uh, you can't you, you can't take too long answering these questions <laughs> or I'm only going to give you two, so. I don't, I don't make promises. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I make them if I know I can keep them. Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so stop hitting your microphone. I can't help it. I need to. Or hit the mute button and then do it. Why are you always yelling at me in front of my friends? <laughs> because, because <laughs> sometimes you just sometimes a motherfucker needs getting yelled at. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, right? I'll, I'll do that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's like really loud. Right? <laughs> like yeah, really I don't loud. hear. I don't hear yeah. shit. So I, I know. I know. Right. So my apologies. Right. So, okay. Enough talking. Off to the mailbag. Jasmine from Toronto says, as a therapist, how do you incorporate existentialist thought into your sessions without overwhelming clients who might be new to the philosophy? 
interesting question. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I've never really thought of, of how I do that. Um, I think existentialism is a philosophy that is, is, uh, an embodiment of the human experience itself. And so, uh, the way that it translates in a therapeutic session is really about the return to being human and, and the acceptance and permissions that come along with being human, which means being fallible, which means, um, being, you know, there's this old saying, uh, to be loved with in all of our faults and glory. And I, and I really correlate that to the human experience. And so, um, we, I guess what I do is I take what is human and I, and, and I can contrast it to what is social tapestry or what is uh, systemic or uh, oppressive, which are not human elements. And so um, it, like very much very like, for example, like defining the world as we see it for ourselves is an existential premise that is really going against whatever the social tapestry has programmed us to be. So when I say what is success to you, and you give me an answer that society gave you, you're not being human. Yeah. And so, yeah. and, and, and existentialism is the study of existence, of what it is to be human. So I'll, the, the, the root of my process is about returning to an acceptance of being as human as possible in all of our faults and glory. And so that means, uh, you know, for example, somatic release of uh, tears, we crying, is an extremely healthy and important part of emotional process. A very human, natural process. What are we taught as men? The social tapestry would tell us that men don't cry. We work hard. We play hard. We, you know what else, hard. You know what I mean? And so there's a really good example of how we take what, what, what we never questioned as a known and start to question it from a humanistic perspective. Okay. Okay. And then allowing ourselves to be human within that. And then gotcha. the, and the way, so then, then the way it works with relationships is like, I have an acceptance that you're human, the I, I, thou relationship. And so yes. by doing that, it's like, I can see that, you know, um, the social tapestry has created a ambiguity in your existence that being projected out to me. And it's very unhuman in, in, in its state. So I can counter that with humanness, with forgiveness, with compassion, with empathy, with understanding, which are all tenets of, of our properties of being here. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, I got it to does. keep it short. No, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, it's great. It was a great answer, Ryan. It really was. Okay. So next up, um, Oh, crap. Somehow I cut her name off. Uh, just a second. Mariah in Winnipeg, Manitoba says, can you explain the intersection between phenomenology and therapy? How does understanding a client's personal experience enhance therapeutic outcomes? Hmm. These are great <laughs> questions today. Yeah, like, um, okay. So phenomenology is the study of consciousness. It literally means things that appear. Okay. Uh, so how it works in therapy is uh, about developing a, our, our own sense of reality through consciousness by adopting lens shifting and lens changes. Okay. What we're looking for, we'll find. I'm sure you've heard that before. And so if I think about like, uh, you know, we talk about the, the, the locus of control, which is, you know, the, the reality is a very phenomenological element of the locus of control, which are uh, effort, environment, commitment, and perception. Now, perception is, a, uh, is an element of consciousness. It's how the lens we see the world through. And so um, if I can take somebody with a very negative set point and they come into therapy, I, I can challenge their reality or their consciousness by using a phenomenological process of reality construction. Is this how you want it to be? Like, have we ever asked ourselves the question, is this how I want to see the world right now? And they, you know, like, so and, and this is something that I, that I you know, practice in, in my life um, in that um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll set out in the day and purposely shift lenses. 
So it's, you know, it started with the lens of beauty, but it'll be like, you know, I want to see the organics of the world today. So I'm going to put an organic lens on and everything I see is organic and all of the, the right angles and straight lines and concrete and steel kind of fades away and I see the world in a different way. I want to see the world as powerful today and then I can see all where all this power is and how it's, some of it is, is misused and some of it is misinterpreted and some of it is misunderstood and some of it is used very effectively and you know what I mean? So I can, and I can see the world through a power lens or a power dynamic. Um, or I want to see the lens, you know, maybe today I want to, it's a Saturday and I want to see the lens through the eyes of my seven-year-old self, you know, and what an explorative, cool experience that is. And I can do that at any given time, you know, and, and so the phenomenology really is like, um, you know, developing a sense of reality that I'm, I'm, I'm content living in, uh, through reality construction. So, um, this, and this can enhance the therapeutic experience because we can we can look back in the in the archives of our own history and start to shift lenses on how we saw things from before, you know, like you know, like maybe I felt neglect from my parents and I was angry at them for twenty years, and then I look back through a phenomenological lens and ask myself how I wanted to see, it. and I want to see, I want to use a humanistic lens in this in this, and then it's like, oh, you know what, like. My parents, they didn't. They did the best they could with yeah, what they, they had, right? They, yeah. Like, because they didn't know doesn't mean they didn't love. You know, it took me yeah. it, it took right. me a long time to figure that shit out. But that's using a phenomenological lens by shifting the reality construction of what I saw then into who I am now and changing the narrative of, of, of that story, which altered the way I responded to instead of reacted to. So that, that, a little example of how that works in a therapeutic session. That's a great example. Okay. Um, Jeremy from Sydney, Nova Scotia says, in an increasingly materialistic world, how do you guide clients towards finding meaning and purpose in their lives? Um, I think all of the above. <laughs> well, like, yeah, like, honestly, like, how about asking some simple questions? What is truly <laughs> important to me? You know? Oh, I, I thought you were suggesting to me I should ask you more simple questions. Okay. All right. <laughs> you kind of went muffly there. I didn't hear what you said. I said, I thought you were telling me that I should be asking you yeah. for more simple, no, no. simple questions. No, okay. no, no. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, materialism is a maladaptive social malady. Okay. Yep. Okay. And it's taught, and it, you know, so we're taught this. Is we're, you know, the reason we don't have a feeling around school is because. Uh, high high intrinsic resource of self esteem, self worth, and self respect create poor consumers, and we're in a, we're in a, a materialistic world, a capitalist world, and so how do I do that? It's like when I think about a dollar bill, I feel empty. When I think about what's on my business card, it's still no matter what. I might be excited for a day or two, but it still leaves me empty. But um, I'll take here, and it's really easy when I look at I got this here. Um, you might recognize, uh, from the, the office. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. world best boss got it on sale. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I have a, um, a good friend of mine who, uh, was my assistant manager gave me that, that, that mug. And so it doesn't even matter what it says because I've attached a fondness and a friendship to that mug, which creates meaning for, to that, this little inanimate object which makes this bigger than it actually is to me. So I've created yeah. meaning. I can create meaning with anything, anywhere, anytime. I just have to add emotion and, and, and intention to it. Um, so, I mean, it, it, the other thing is like, I heard this thing a long time ago. I said, you know, when you go to a funeral, people don't get up there and talk about how many cars they had. And they don't talk about how much property they had and what their job title was. They talk about how people were impacted by that individual. And I think about that, maybe morbid, but like, I want to leave this earth impacting people. I don't want to leave this earth with things because I can't take them with me. And so really it's about a reconstruction of your own value system, uh, defining, redefining your world as you want to see it. Because if you ask most people, they don't want to be material. They just don't know any other way. And so ask yourself that question. Do you want, is this how I want to be? Is this the person I want to be? And the answer is probably, the, I mean, the interesting thing about that answer is the person you want to be is already here. You don't, you don't got to go find it. We just need to uncover it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So yeah, that, that's a snippet. I I could go on about that, but uh, oh, I know you can. <laughs> materialism will always leave us empty and dependent yeah. on the extrinsic world for our self worth. Absolutely. As soon as I'm dependent on the extrinsic world for my self worth, now it's out of my locus of control, and how I feel about myself is completely up to how you feel about me, which is not a way I want to live life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's also that's how codependency happens too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole another episode. There's another series, right? <laughs> Codependency. All right. Um, so, okay, guys, that wraps up our series, uh, the the three part series on um, on emotional lexicon. I love doing these. Um, mm. Perhaps we will do another one right away. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that off air. So. Well, you know what? Can um, I can I interject? You can. If any of, any of you guys listening have an idea for us to do a series, please uh, uh, give us ideas because, like, you know. Um, uh, I I don't I don't read minds. I don't know what people want to hear. I'm just kind of going off of what I'm interested in, what Chuck's interested. But if we can hear from you guys, I think it would be really cool, uh, and have some kind of interactive approach to developing our series podcast. Absolutely, um, it would be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's great. Um, you can drop a message on any of the socials if you see the logo, and um, or you can email ashstossapodcast at gmail dot com, and. Um, yeah, yeah. Feel free to do those things, right? And remember, Ryan has his own page too, eh? RBK's Kaleidoscope. It's up on Facebook there. Um, you can check him out there and send him a message directly. So uh, don't hesitate to do that. You don't have to go through me, the filter, right? So anyway, that brings us to my favorite part of the day. That's the Daily Gratitudes. Today's Daily Gratitudes are brought to you by Revolution Recovery, helping men recover and become the best selves through support and treatment. They've been there and they understand. What you got for us today, Ryan? Um, I have, uh, I'm, I am grateful for uh, my family. I'm grateful for um, having a great job and great life and great work and all that stuff. My final gratitude goes out to you, the listeners. Whatever you guys are doing, please keep doing it. I am not going to uh, list off all the social medias anymore. You, we're on literally every single one of them, from Snapchat to TikTok to LinkedIn to Facebook to Instagram to TikTok to, oh, my God, we're on there. Anyway, um, every time you do any one of these things, you're helping me get a little bit closer to living my best life. My best life is to make a humble living, spreading the message. And the message is this. If you are in active addiction right now, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey. Reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, call into detox, go to a meeting, do whatever the hell it is you need to do to get that journey started because it is so much better than the alternative. Got a lot of that this week or this month. And if you are the loved one of somebody who's suffering an addiction right now, if you could just take a minute, text that person, let them know they are loved. Use the words, you are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them back.